Welcome to Inside the Bradfield Centre. I'm James Parton, the Managing Director of the Bradfield Centre. And I'm Adelina Chalmers. I'm known as the Geek Whisperer. Joining us today is Simon Mead, the CEO of CW. this is going to be a really interesting conversation. Uh, CW have been one of the longest tenants in the building. Uh, they've been a- around actually before the building actually was ready to open. They were in our pop-up. Um, so keen to talk to Simon about their experiences with us over the last three and a half years. I really look forward to hearing uh, some examples from Simon about how CW adds value to their members because I think a lot of people know they have a huge membership uh, but they're not necessarily sure about how is it that they they bring value to to the people who um, are part of CW. So joining us on today's episode is Simon Mead, the CEO of Cambridge Wireless. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time, Simon, to come on the show today. That's no problem at all. Um, So why don't we start off with just getting to know you a little bit better. So why don't you tell us about your background, you know, what you've been doing through your career and how you ended up as CEO of Cambridge Wireless? Probably the best way to start uh, thinking about that is actually I I did go to college in Cambridge, but not at the university. So I I was at Anglia Ruskin. Um, as it became. And I got into, I did uh, business studies. And from there, I went to work for Thames Television as a graduate, and I worked in advertising, uh, which was brilliant fun, uh, really enjoyed it. And that kind of taught me how to sell and manage and argue for a living, which is really what you did there. Uh, Well, you were negotiating with media buyers all day long, you know, and uh, so you'd all go for a lovely beer afterwards, and you're all best mates. But you know, for those seven hours, nine to five, you were mortal enemies. So it was a great, great fun and a real introduction to the workplace. Uh, from that, I got more involved in the daily running of TV stations and I got more involved in the technical side. And I actually ended up selling satellites and satellite leases to all the different TV networks. And that was a real, um, you know, I got to travel the world, uh, went all over the place. But for me, being really interested in sport, it was brilliant because we distributed the Premier League around Europe. I got to follow the Tour de France around. Um, we, we used to do the Rugby World Cup, um, you know, and I'd be there with the satellite trucks. I mean, it wasn't all fun. We did a few war zones and things like that. So it was all quite, um, you know, sometimes quite scary. Uh, but uh, again, you know, a, a brilliant thing. And from that, we got, we started distributing signals around um, using this thing called the internet and working with Colt Telecom in London in particular. And it was from there that I came up to Cambridge to work in one of Herman Hauser's startups, um, uh, mid-90s, in a company called Electronic Share Information. And that was in uh, probably one of Cambridge's first incubators at Mount Pleasant House, which I don't don't think is actually there anymore. And we set up a, we were the first people in the country to provide real-time share prices for people, which was absolute rocket science at the time. And from there, we turned that into a stockbroking business called E-Trade, um, which Herman funded. So, we, you know, I think we were probably getting off of being one of his biggest investments at the point, you know, at the time. And we did that lovely thing in around about 2000 where we sold the business back to the parent company for 
uh, you know, a, a stupid multiple. Um, and shortly after that, the whole of the, you know, the Web 1 market crashed completely. So we got out just at the right time. But that was really my first experience of startups, first experience of, uh, you know, the entrepreneurship, I suppose. I then spent a couple of years helping other companies uh, set up. So, I'd, you know, I'd be bought in by other Cambridge startups, tech startups to um, kind of fill in the gap where the, the technology person that normally founded a company um, had kind of run out of management ability. And then I'd come in and I would uh, help recruit people, recruit my CEO, you know, recruit the CEO behind me, help raise funding and often do the next one. Um, really enjoyed that. Um, and from there, I uh, we kind of moved house and things like this. Sorry, it's a long story, but it, it all makes sense. Well, well I did ask. <laughs> so the, the kids came along and I thought I want to take a little bit of time off. And... Uh, you know, we moved to the seaside and from here I went back to work in Ipswich and I ran an organ, my first not-for-profit actually. And it was a business support agency called the Eastern Enterprise Hub. And this, that was all about helping startups and entrepreneurs, um, you know, live, fulfill their dreams. And it was about connecting them with finance, but also about education and training. And from the Eastern Enterprise Hub, I kind of took that philosophy, went over to the University of Essex, and uh, I was in charge of helping them build their innovation center. So I ran all of the entrepreneurial programs there, helped develop the theme for the innovation center, which was actually around virtual reality and augmented reality. And it was actually, it was from there that sort of Cambridge Wireless came calling. And the lure of coming back to Cambridge was just too great, you know, despite the horrific distance I travel every day. So sorry, yeah, long answer there, but... Uh, no, no, really interesting. Really interesting, actually. Um, so you're the CEO of CW now. Um, can you tell us a bit about what CW does and how does it add value to its members? CW is, you know, it's an organization that's actually coming up for 20 years old. And it started as something called the 2G, 3G Forum. Um, and as, you know, most people still refer to CW as Cambridge Wireless, we were we were founded in Cambridge and it was the, you know, the technology guys that brought those initiatives together. And, you know, they realized pretty quickly they needed a, a user group. And actually really what Cambridge Wireless is or CW is, is a massive extension of that user group. You know, it's all about, and it's something that's quite unique to our area, really. Um, you know, and it, it's, it's inbuilt into all of us here is that progress in technology usually comes through collaboration. It usually comes through sharing ideas. It comes through working with other companies in a collaborative nature to, to make something better. And I think that's something that our members uniquely understand. And so as the 2G, 3G forum kind of progressed, it then became, it became Cambridge Wireless, and now it's CW. Um, and we're called CW now because actually our reach is far greater than Cambridge. You know, and we needed a, you know, we, did, we didn't want to confine ourselves to Cambridge. Um, and so we've, you know, we now have members from, gosh, nearly 20 countries. So it's, you know, we're, we're kind of reaching out there. But the key thing, Adelina, is uh, it's about helping members network together. The, the biggest value that people get is that. And we do that through these things called special interest groups or the SIGs. And those, those SIGs have... They have conversations. You know, we've got about 20 SIG groups going at the moment. And we run in normal times, pre-COVID, you know, we would we we run anything up to 50 events a year for them. 
And in those conversations, they're discussing their, their particular areas of technology. And so you have all these fantastic um, research and development professionals coming together to discuss latest trends and things like this. So I think on the surface, you know, the, the bit that everybody sees about CW is that. You know, they see the events, they see the conferences, they see the networking as the key driver for getting together. But actually below that, you know, below the line, if you like, using old advertising speak, there's a whole host of other initiatives that we do. And the one that's really coming to the fore at the moment is this, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a process that we call cooperative development. And so if you think over time, we have had more and more large verticals joining CW, you know, not traditionally technology companies, but as, you know, this kind of secret source of sensors, 5G, artificial intelligence, edge computing, all of these things kind of come together, they become all pervasive and they're embedded in probably any progress that a large vertical organization is trying to make. Now, for them, they don't always understand those technologies. You know, so actually for the large verticals, having access to these fantastic startups and SMEs that we have uh, is actually a real bonus for them. For the startups and SMEs, they all want to reach out and you know end up with contracts and do work for the large verticals. And so increasingly, we're bringing those two sides of the equation together. And the way that we do that is by helping the verticals to accelerate their product development. And I think a classic classic example of that would be with GHD, the, the um, people that make styling devices, the hair styling devices. And so if you think about what a, you know, what one of GHD products do, they're brilliantly made. You know, they're incredibly robust. You know, my, I've got a, a, my wife and my daughter both have their own set of GHDs and they refer to them as GHDs. Um, but they, you know, but they've had them a long time. You know, so actually, if you think about GHD as a company, they know a certain amount about their users, but they don't know a huge amount. And so they wanted to create a connected device. And the way that you create, a, you know, you need the technology to sit within the device. You need something to gather data. You know, you need to analyze that data and then you need to make some use of it. And so we brought four Cambridge companies together, startups, each non-competing with each other but all with different disciplines to help GHD develop a connected um, hairstyling device in just under six months, where normally it would take them 18 months, maybe two years to do. And so the benefit, benefit for them is super speedy product um, development. Uh, the benefit for the startups is that they end up, they go on and then get a contract with a company to produce um, you know, a, a, a certain part of the, the kit that goes into that device. Um, and it's a fantastic way for companies to develop. But it's one of those things that we now do. You know, we're on our third or fourth one of these now. Um, and we've got more in the pipeline, you know. And so they they are brilliant ways for our members to network together to produce something that's great. That's fantastic. I mean, accelerating that product development is amazing. Yeah. And, there's you know, there's a, there's a whole load of other things we do as well. You know, we have a very, very busy jobs board. You know, which is great for people to reach out. Um, we do training, which Adelina, you've you know, you've helped us to deliver. Um, you know, our training session. I mean, I'm saying all these things, you know, you know, pre-COVID, um, but our you know, our training session 
are, are very popular. We've we've kind of doubled the number of those that we do. Um, and then obviously there's our two major conferences. Um, we have a really good reputation of organising events for third parties, which we do as well. Um, but really it's about a members first approach. So we, we don't do anything within our organisation that doesn't consider our members as the number one um, priority. You know, and I think that's the key to, to being part of the CW network. So, Simon, I was going to ask you a question about how you fit into the ecosystem, but you mentioned COVID a couple of times there. So I want to just jump on that while it's uh, kind of fresh in my mind. Um, you know, in a couple of our episodes that we put out, um, we've talked about the impact of COVID. Um, what's your take on, you know, because you, like us, are very much around physical community, bringing people together, um, you know, that kind of irreplaceable interaction face to face with people. So what's your take on I guess, people's willingness to kind of come back to that um, pre-COVID experience. Do you think that's going to happen quickly? Are you hearing from your members that they're really missing coming together? You know, what's your kind of take on the situation? Uh, I mean, I'm an eternal optimist, James. I mean, you've known me for a little while now. Um, I I think that people do want to get back. I know if I, if, if you know, think about my team, you know, the team at CW, um, Actually, we've adapted really well to working out of the office, and we can talk about that. Um, but actually, we miss each other, you know. And there are those, there are those little subtleties and the things that you see in people on a daily basis where you think, actually, I could have handled that better, you know, or really worked out what somebody's feeling when when you can see them and you can see that body language, or you can have that little conversation over a cup of coffee. You know, and so it's, so they're the types of things I miss, and I think if I miss those, probably most people do. You know, human interaction is the most important thing. Absolutely, I think we will. I think people will want to. I think working habits will change. I mean, we've we've proven to ourselves that actually we don't need to work in an office. Actually, we've also proven to ourselves that we all like working in an office. You know, so I think it will be, I think it will be a seventy percent return. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, really good. Um, so the actual question I was going to ask you then was, yeah, I mean, you've just explained, you know, CW being a, a national and in fact, international organisation, but kind of regionally within Cambridge and the wider of East of England, there's obviously lots of different kind of membership organisations off the top of my head, you know, Cambridge Ahead, Tech East, Tech Nation, you know, all of these kinds of groups are active. So how do you kind of, how do you play with each other? You know, how do you interact? How do you, what's the relationship between them all? Is it collaborative? You know, which, which kind of parts of the market are you all serving? Yeah. So Cambridge Wireless is very, very specifically technology. So I think that's, that's the key thing. Um, and that's really the thing that drives our membership. I think, you know, we're, we're really well connected in the R and D world that that kind of is Cambridge. So that's I think that that's our strength, and we do all work together. So you know I you know one nucleus Cambridge network Cambridge ahead. Actually, we all get together once a month for a, a chat to find out what's going on and you know who's doing what. Um, we we meet with the chamber as well. So you know the, those kind of collaborative work together. Um, you know, processes that we would advocate within Cambridge Wireless. We also advocate those in terms of, you know, working with other organisations and partnering up because actually it's the only way to do something when you have 
you know, when you have limited resource available and, and time really more than anything else, you need to work with other people. Um, and so we, we do that, but we very much focus on the technology part of it. And I think that, you know, people respect that and we respect the areas that other people are in. How how can the Bradfield members benefit from CW? I mean, you gave us a, an example of um, a GHD, uh, but can you think of any any examples or, or give give our the Bradfield Centre members some ideas of how they can um, get some help from CW or make the most of their membership? If um, and if they're not members already, here's some examples of why they should join. Yeah, well, obviously, I mean, uh, it's quite a few of the Bradfield members are um, you know members of CW, and you know I, I would say the the key thing is getting along to the events. You know, so. One, yes, you know, we'd love to have you come and join CW. That's That would be fantastic. But the really the best way to get uh, the most out of CW is by putting the work into it, which I think is true across any network. That's what I would urge. You know, I urge all members to do that, not just, you know, the Bradfield ones. But I think, you know, we hold a lot of events at the Bradfield. You know, we it's a great venue for us. Um, you know, it's our home. And so coming along to the events... You know, one of the things that we're really, really good at is connecting our members to other members. You know, so one of the things that we've been doing during, you know, the COVID lockdown is saying to our members, actually, you know, who do you want to talk to? How can I connect you? You know, and it's not a, I'm not saying to them, you know, here's a sales lead. You know, that's not our job. But actually, who do you want to talk to from a technical perspective? What problems are you trying to solve? Um, where do you need an introduction? You know, and that's 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 one of the most valuable things that we can do. And again, it's kind of below the line. You know, you don't see it as an obvious thing. But actually, myself and Obi um, in our team, we spend most of our days putting people together like that. You know, so I think you've got to work it, work the room, whether you're working it virtually or, you know, you're coming to physical events. But the best way to to get the most out is by putting putting some in as well. So it's kind of interesting with your background, um, Simon. Obviously, you've worked in kind of innovation buildings or incubators, um, you know, prior to the CW role. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about how we work together. I mean, CW was, you know, one of our very first members and you guys were actually in the pop-up before the building was actually even opened. Uh, so it's been a, a very long-standing and uh, um, positive relationship for nearly, well, three years now. I think the building's been open now, so maybe three and a half years. So, you know, what's your take on the roles of buildings like the Bradfield Centre and how, how you know, where would you see the kind of value add for these kinds of communities? And, you know, kind of, uh, you know, what do you think some of the highlights have been, in, you know, of our kind of time working together over these past three years? The collaborative element of it is really important. So, you know, without a doubt, you know, the support that you guys gave us when we, you know, first came up with the idea of the hive and, and providing us with a room that it could you know, live in, um, you know, the the work that you've done um, for some of the upcoming ones that we're, you know, we're working on at the moment and giving us some space. That's absolutely invaluable. And almost, you know, being seen as, you know, I don't really mind whether it's seen as uh, CW doing something or not. You know, we're not egotistical like that. And so being able to work with somebody else to deliver something for partners I just think that adds real credibility to it, you know, and to have a, a brilliant building like the Bradfield to welcome people in, um, you know, instantly gets them engaged. 
You know, you see that when somebody hasn't been to the Bradfield before, James, you know that look on their face when they walk in and they go, oh, wow. You know, particularly on a, you know, for some reason, Wednesdays always seems to be incredibly busy in the Bradfield. I don't know why it's a Wednesday, but it, it, it's always really busy. Um, and it's just that fact, you know, there's sometimes there's just that little fact that says there are some real things going on here. And so the work that you guys do in bringing in the really good companies and attracting the good companies and kind of curating the people that come into the space, you know, and that take office space there, um, that all really helps us in terms of organizing events and helping members and helping the Bradfield community. You know, it's a very um, symbiotic relationship. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously you guys, were the work you guys have done was, you know, really instrumental in building the original reputation of the center, because obviously, as you've mentioned, you guys run so many events, you know, so to have those events in the building was a real, you know, shot in the arm to get people to come, you know, because we obviously were a brand new empty building, you know, three years ago. So uh, I think you really promote a really strong image for, for Cambridge and the Bradfield center when you get two organizations like ours working together to do something like that. You know, and also, you know, let's let's not forget kind of Trinity's role in this. You know, there's there's you know, there's there's Jeanette and Trinity, you and I, and um, you know, and our respective teams, you know, let's not forget that because the people that work for us are, you know, or work for us, work with us, you know, that's how I think about it, um, are absolutely key to that, you know, and the relationship I think we all have at every level, you know, through our organizations um, just makes the thing work. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think one of the kind of big pluses of the center is being located in slap bang in the middle of a world-class science park. So you get all those additional benefits and the collaboration opportunities. And, you know, obviously many of those companies are CW members, right? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, Adelina, I wouldn't mind just popping back to one of the points that you you know you asked me about uh, CW. Um, you know, actually, the the strength in CW are, are the people that work in the organisation. If I think about the team that I just don't like the expression "the people that work for me," you know, I, I don't use that expression. It's the team that we have around us that help you know help all these things happen, and they're just fantastic. You know, we have absolutely top class event managers. You know that organise our our events. We have really good marketing people that get the story across. You know the the people that work in the background to to make all these things look seamless. You know it, it's such hard work. You know and and you've got a small team that constantly over delivers. And you couldn't do what we do without having those people on board. You know we've got a couple of members of our team that are absolutely dedicated to helping our companies connect with each other and looking for things that makes their membership worthwhile. And it's all that stuff is so important. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone always talks about the buzz in the building and the culture in the building, but that starts with the team, right? So that that's set by Mark, Ella and uh, Lucy. Simon, you organize so many events. There's so much going on with CW. Is there something that you'd like um, the people listening to this podcast to know about that's coming up perhaps in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think it's worth touching on. The, we, we haven't actually talked about it yet, but in the... There's a, you know, a couple of things to think about here. And one is, you know, how does a networking events organizing company cope in a world where you can't organize events? You know, that's, that's the elephant we haven't actually raised yet. And that, lead, that leads into, um, you know, actually what, what's coming up. And I think the, 
going back to the team again, um, you know, the the agility of the team to suddenly find yourself faced with not being able to do our bread and butter, you know, 50-odd networking events uh, a year. You know, what do we do? You know, and very, very quickly, we adapted to the world of webinars. Um, and what we were absolutely keen to make sure we didn't do was just pump out, you know, webinar after webinar without being able to add value to our members. And so we we looked at a combination of, um, you know, going to companies and saying, what would you like to talk about? What are you doing that's innovative and different? And then actually then trying to, can we replicate a networking event, you know, on, you know, can we do that online? And that's been quite a challenge to do, but actually we've cracked it now. You know, we've, we've found the right combination of software that allows people to network. Um, and the, you know, our, our Wednesday webinars have become a little bit of a feature of what we do, you know, and we've slowly moved from talking about how you get over COVID and, and what changes can happen to actually people looking to the future and the events that we're running now are very, very similar to some of the subjects that we, that we would discuss at a normal, you know, SIG event or a normal networking event. And that's a real testament to the team being able to do that and to the members who want to engage and you know offer up subjects and you know start to talk about these issues. And if I take that back, James, to what you were saying about how quickly we can get over all of this, um, you know, part of the reason I think it's going to be sooner rather than later uh, is just the willingness of people to engage, you know, and chat. And they want to talk about the future. They don't want to talk about what's happened. They want to talk about brilliant things that they're doing um, and great initiatives that are happening and, and technology changes that are coming along. I, so I think the biggest change, you know, having had all this experience in building up the webinars is, of course, you know, what do we do with our conference? And so like, you know, like many other organisations, our original conference, you know, the one that we've run for, you know, 10, 12, 15 years, whatever it is, um, you know, that normally that's a 450 person physical event held at the Genome Campus um you know and it's a big ticket show uh with fantastic speakers how do you replicate that you know what do you do and what we've decided to do this year is to have um what we're really calling a hybrid conference so we know that we're going to be able to have some people come and speak but not everybody you know we know that we can get some people in the room but not everybody and so we've had to think of a really clever way to host this event and you know again actually thanks to you james in in making the bradfield available to us um you know what we're going to be able to do is have a very small socially distanced audience which will probably be made up of you know the key sponsors technology contributors um and speakers and that will be live streamed out you know we've got a great production company that we work with um you know and we'll be running that part of it as normal so you can you know you can come into the event at, at different points during the day you can come and see the whole thing but then the key thing is you know the bit that people miss is the networking and how can we do that and we've got a great piece of software that allows people to network um you know and go off into small groups and have conversations and you can invite somebody to a table and have a chat with them you know that's great for them for networking brilliant for the sponsors um it also means that this time round you know, if you look, if we look at the positives of it, you know, it's called the Cambridge Wireless International Conference. Well, actually, this year we can make it truly international. 
we can broadcast this thing around the globe now. You know, it's going to go out everywhere. So all of those partnerships we've been forming and those marketing initiatives that we we do and, uh, you know, all those delegations that we do, James, you know, we can now actually really build an international audience for this event. And so, you know, it's taken a little bit of a change in mindset to do this, but actually now we've worked it all out and we know what we're doing. You know, it's become a real positive, you know, and people are looking forward to it. And that's the quick conference is the 22nd of September. Um, and we're following up very quickly with our CW Tech Conference, which is a much bigger, deeper dive. And this year across both, we're exploring edge technologies. Really looking forward to it. You know, and I, th- I think it'll be, it'll be a great event. It'll be different. You know, you won't have been to one of these before, um, but you're, you're really going to enjoy it. I've also heard about the Sherry Blair Initiative. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? We've been working with the Sherry Blair team for uh, a little while now. And one of our directors, Olu, has, uh, has kind of really driven this. And, um, you know, CW, a lot of CW is about, um, you know, it's about diversity. So you probably notice that, you know, we really try to promote women speakers uh, on our panels. So the Sherry Blair Foundation has asked us if we can help basically distributing and getting the world to take part in a training program for women entrepreneurs in emerging markets. It's a large-scale project. It goes out to over 70 countries, and it gives people in these emerging markets, women in, in these emerging markets, the um, we, we give them a training course, a program to follow to help them with their business and to understand how their, you know, how their business can become successful. And then following that up, we've got um, a couple of webinars where we are basically telling the world about what we're doing. So Sherry Blair is actually taking part in that herself. Uh, and then we are um, attracting you know, the, the great and the good to come and see what's happening um, and to you know, explain the program to, to people. So we really, really hope that that's going to you know, help these women establish their businesses and make them more sort of self-sufficient as well. And it's, it's just a great initiative for CW to be involved in. You know, lots of CW members have contributed to this as well. Well, fantastic. So, well, yeah, just, you know, the last thing to say is just thanks again for taking the time to come onto the show. Very much appreciated. All right. Thank you very much. It was fascinating to hear how CW helped GHD to um, um, turbocharge their product development timeline uh, and shorten it from 18 months to six months just by linking a corporate to various startups that could help them drive forward innovation. Uh, it's, it shows, it's another example of um, just like Studio Zao, how activity in the Bradfield is um, helping corporate innovation. That was really brilliant. Such a good example. And I thought it's really interesting to hear from Simon, you know, how CW are adapting from being a, predominantly a, an in-person networking organization to, you know, dealing with COVID and starting to move towards webinars. And, and then in the summer, we've got uh, the CW conference, which is going to be like a hybrid of both some in-person and some online. So I thought that was a really interesting to see how that, adapt, the, the, you know, how they're adapting through these kind of challenging times. Thanks once again, Simon, for coming on the show today. Really appreciate you taking the time out. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or by going to bradfieldcenter.com under events and community. Mm-hmm.